0: This is the Finding the Founders podcast, episode 17. Hello, patriots. Welcome to the Finding the Founders podcast. I am your host, Nathan Burr. And as always, I am grateful that you have tuned in. Today is Flag Day, June 14th. And I'm guessing that many of you might not be aware of that. Because Flag Day is a day that doesn't get a lot of recognition anymore. It certainly doesn't get the hype and promotion that June 19th gets or the month of June as a whole gets, but it should, just as our flag should get respect and honor. And yet in many corners of our country, usually actually in the corners, it is disrespected. It is seen as oppressive or a symbol of hate. Pledging allegiance to it is somehow controversial. Today I want to push back on that notion, and I want to talk about why we should celebrate Flag Day, why we should honor the flag, why we should pledge allegiance to the flag. Now I have heard, and I didn't look into it to see if it was true because I don't really care, that the Pledge of Allegiance was originally written by a socialist. My response to that is. Broken clocks and blind squirrels. Even broken clocks are right twice a day. Even blind squirrels occasionally find a nut. Even socialists are occasionally, accidentally, capable of being profound. It's very rare, but it can happen. And I also can see why some would look at children standing at attention in their hands over their hearts, reciting words, and make the jump to people standing at attention, their hands outstretched, pledging allegiance to defer. And yet two things that might seem a little similar in appearance can be diametrically opposed. Hitler was everything that is wrong with our world. Everything that sin has done to our world. The flag represents, I don't want to say everything good, but a lot of good. Good that is worth pledging allegiance to. Good that is worth honoring and revering. Some of you are starting to nod along with me already, and you're getting that warm little sensation in your breast. And if I were to play Lee Greenwood, uh, you'd, you'd jump out of your chair and salute right now. Some of you are a little more skeptical. Maybe you think that the flag does stand for oppression and imperialism. What does the flag really represent? Well, it represents grit and endurance, determination. That was on display when the Stars and Stripes, admittedly with a few dozen less stars, flew over Baltimore Harbor in September of 1814. When British cannons were unable to destroy Fort McHenry, but their constant explosions, the light of the shells and the mortars, revealed that old glory was still flapping in the breeze, so that soldiers on the ramparts, scurrying around, fighting for their lives, could look and see that all was not yet lost. And as the smoke and the haze cleared on that coming morning, our flag was still there showing that those plucky Americans had survived another battle with the British, that our young country had not been defeated. That same flag was immortalized in photograph when it was raised by six marines atop Mount Suribachi on the South Pacific island of Iwo Jima in February of 1945. It marked victory in a bloody, brutal, barbaric battle for a tiny little spit of land, just like there had been and would be more bloody, brutal, barbaric battles as the American military moved grain of sand by grain of sand and jungle leaf by jungle leaf, pushing back the Japanese army of darkness finally bringing to an end the horror that was World War II. That victory brought freedom. And that's the third thing we see our flag representing. Whether it was flying alongside the flags of France or other European nations as the Allies swept toward Germany and pushed back the Nazis. Or whether it was waved by a young, child in a dusty street of Baghdad following a bust of Saddam Hussein that had been torn down and was being dragged through the dirt after the Americans liberated Iraq. Or, like it was at Suribachi, it's been raised in other cities and other countries after America freed them from their despots and tyrants, but it was flown there temporarily. Because America's battles were not battles of imperialism and conquest, but of liberation they came not to take, but to give freedom. That flag was planted on the surface of the moon on July 20, 1969, marking the pinnacle, at least at that point, of human discovery and accomplishment. Those astronauts went where no man had gone. And where no man from any other country has gone since. And that flag standing stiff on the moon represents decades of American ingenuity and inventiveness that have made the world a better place. And that flag was again captured in an iconic photograph when it was raised by New York City firemen over the wreckage of the Twin Towers in the wake of 9-11. There it stood for hope that in a moment of national tragedy we would not be defined by that tragedy but by our response to it. That we would rise from the ashes and a few years later the 1,776 foot tall Freedom Tower, topped by the American flag, was raised over the New York City skyline. Grit and endurance, victory, freedom, discovery, hope. When we stand for the flag at a ball game or a parade, or when it's draped over the casket of a fallen service member, we're not worshiping a mere piece of cloth. We are honoring all that the flag represents. Similarly, when we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, we're not pledging allegiance just to a piece of fabric, but rather to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's the American idea captured in just a few words. You know, it's something of a pet peeve of mine, and I'm going to dedicate an episode to this somewhere down the road. It's a pet peeve of mine when people say that America is a democracy. America is not a democracy. The founding fathers were very clear to make sure that America was not a democracy. America is a constitutional republic. And when we pledge allegiance to the flag, when we honor the flag, we're pledging allegiance and we're honoring that republic. So let me let the Founding Fathers tell you a little bit about that republic. Here's just a few snippets of things they said. John Adams, they define a republic to be a government of laws and not of men. James Madison, the genius of republican liberty seems to demand on one side not only that all power should be derived from the people, but that those entrusted with it should be kept in dependence on the people. Benjamin Rush, liberty is the object and life of all republican governments. Charles Carroll, without morals a republic cannot subsist any length of time. And John Jay, I consider knowledge to be the soul of a republic. Put another way, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Indivisibility with liberty and justice for all. That's what our republic is. That's what our republic was intended to be. That's what the flag stands for and represents. And that is why we should honor it why we should respect it. Why I suggest to you, we ought to pledge allegiance to it. Why we ought to be willing to die for it. You know, there's one other aspect of this that I want to touch on very briefly. And that is that there are some who would say that pledging allegiance to a flag or to a republic borders on idolatry. They would say that as Christians, we owe allegiance to God, not to this, that, or any nation. And there is something to their point. We need to constantly remind ourselves that we are not to equate our citizenship as Americans with our citizenship in heaven. We must never elevate the founding fathers to the place of our heavenly father. And yet, I don't think any of us would tell a bride and groom standing at the altar that they had better not pledge to love, honor, cherish, or especially obey the other, because as Christians, they should love and honor and cherish and obey God. We would never say that. Loving God and obeying God is exemplified by loving and cherishing our spouse, by dedicating ourselves to our children. Similarly, I would suggest that pledging allegiance to God and dedicating ourselves to living life in the way he has called us to live it would lead us to pledge a lesser allegiance to a country built on biblical ideas and values and principles. And if you're not convinced that that is what this country was built on, I encourage you to go back and listen to this podcast from the beginning, because that is largely what we've been talking about up to this point. I want to close by reading you a poem called A Toast to the Flag by a man named John J. Daly. I know nothing about him other than he is the author of these words. Here's to the red of it. There's not a thread of it. No, nor a shred of it. In all the spread of it, from foot to head. But heroes bled for it, faced steel and lead for it, Precious blood shed for it, bathing it red. Here's to the white of it, thrilled by the sight of it. Who knows the right of it, but has felt the might of it Through day and night? Womanhood's care for it, made manhood dare for it, Purity's prayer for it, kept it so white. Here's to the blue of it, heavenly view of it, Star-spangled hue of it. Honesties do of it, constant and true. Here's to the whole of it, stars, stripes, and pole of it. Here's to the soul of it, red, white, and blue.